episode 445 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the Drip God of the Steel Cage Podcast. Uh, joining me this week, of course, is one of my best friends in the whole world. He is the resident, uh, I guess you would say, the, the caretaker of the temple in Boyle Heights. Uh, there was a crazy man running around on the church across the street the other day. He's the Neo-X. I hope you weren't the crazy man running around on the church the other day. No, I was chasing him out and about yeah, with, right. with, with my room. Yeah. How's the how's the temple? Is the temple okay? Dario is doing a great job. Yep. Uh, more to come. Keep your eye on MLW for That's, Azteca Underground. Azteca Underground. I'm yeah. very excited about that, by the way. I'm very excited the way that... Uh, I think what I'm excited about right now, most of all, with professional wrestling, is the way that good ideas... Uh, that have kind of been cast to the wayside don't die, and and they find a way to stay alive and keep rolling on, but more to come on that. Uh, before we get too deep, we're obviously missing one of our favorite members of the podcast and our personal best friend, Uncle Beak. Uh, for those of you that may not know, Beak just had a really, really tragic um, thing happen in his life, and we want to dedicate this podcast to uh, Beak's best friend, Bronx. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we love him and we miss him, but, uh, you know, definitely our thoughts are, are with him during, uh, you know, a difficult loss in his life. Absolutely. Um, and you know, uh, Beak, he's a social media influencer. Um, however, you know, if he's being private about things, just know that he's even put it all over his Twitter that, you know, he's, he may be going away for a while, but, um, nothing wrong with that. It's probably for the best. It's I don't know how hard it is sometimes. Uh, I, I tend I tend to live my life on social media sometimes too much, yeah. you know. And I know that sometimes uh, you find it as an outlet to discuss what's going on in your life, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Uh, and I I definitely think that you know when you don't have anybody else in the world, Twitter and and the people you meet in social media can be that for you. You know, a, a support yeah. group. Uh, I, I was just saying today how much I'm thankful for our Steel Cage Matt Mania chat uh, because it is my place to have uh, that not only that sense of a family and, and a sense of a place to go when I need to kind of vent or to talk about something. It's just nice to not feel uh, alone mm-hmm. when you're, you know, potentially in a really, really tough situation, mentally, yeah. physically, whatever the case may be. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna say just we love you, Beak, and, and, you know, we want you to take all the time you need, and we hope to have you back here soon. And uh, Steel Cage friends, if you could help us toast, this one's for you, Bronx, and for Beak. We love you, buddy. We love you. Cheers to you Cheers. guys. All right, well, with that being said, obviously we still have some business to take care of around here. It's a big time of the year. Wrestling is getting back on the road. Things are uh, popping again. Big yeah. things are popping. Little things are stopping. Busy times. Busy times for pretty much all wrestling promotions at this point. Correct. All wrestling promotions are going back to live shows in some way in the month of July. AEW's show this week kicked things off, essentially, with having uh, their first live show at... Road Rager in, in Miami. Road, Road Rager in Miami. Mm-hmm. It was tremendous to see the crowd. The crowd, the signs. I mean, I'll, I'll say this about AEW. Uh, even though it has, it has formed a very dedicated, loyal fan base, it still has the vibe of being cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you see signs, when you see things going on, when you see the crowd... It, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it, I think I'm not used to seeing wrestling crowds back to the size that they were at Road Rager. But it was, it was just really cool to see the, the audience with um, signs that said cowboy shit and all that kind yeah. of stuff that isn't being confiscated at, at security because it has curse words on it or anything. It was cool to see the crowd's reaction and their, uh, just their chance and everything. It was, it was, it felt so good to watch a wrestling show with an actual real live crowd. Now, I know NXT has been doing it now for a while, but theirs isn't a real crowd. Theirs, theirs is a fall, small smattering of people. You know, it makes such a big... A viewing party, if you will. It, it is. It yeah. is almost. You know, it makes such a big difference to have 
a real live crowd. Uh, the only concern I have is this is all happening right now at a time where reports are starting to slowly leak out that, you know... Uh, Delta, 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 Lambda <laughs> variants are coming out. So what is, what, what is your takeaway from that as far as being a vaccinated individual and going to wrestling shows with this kind of looming danger still in the air? Well, it used to be, you know, we're, we're vaxxed, we're waxed, mm-hmm. ready for hot boy summer. It was going to be hot boy summer all summer. But we just got to take extra precautions now. Um, honestly, based on the science reports that have been coming out, there's, we still have a better what, efficacy rate against the, the variants. Sure. Right? Right. So if you're unvaccinated, it's going to suck. Because if I think if you get hit with Delta, they said it was fifty five percent more transmissible versus the original variant or the original virus. So therefore, if you're not vaccinated, prepare to get hit. And let's not forget the long term effects of COVID nineteen. So we can take this opportunity to say, hey, we know you believe in stuff, but remember, science is here for a reason. So do us a favor, maybe do your family a favor, get a vaccine, or at least think about it. Do the research before you do. I don't have superpowers yet. I haven't had any superpowers. The only superpower I had was I was super hungry the day that I got the vaccine. Yeah. And I could tell, like, I, I, do, I usually have a hard time eating that much unless it's in certain scenarios involving, I don't know, alcohol late at night or drugs, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But this just was straight up like I had a bottomless pit. And I needed to refuel my energy source by eating a lot of food at Denny's. Well, <laughs> and then you went to Denny's of all places. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting my free Grand Slam. Uh, I, got, I got vaccinated on my birthday. That's the present I gave to myself. Ah. I vaccinated myself and I get, tried to give myself just a wee bit of my freedom back. Though I will say it's a bit embarrassing to see a memory today pop up from one year ago where I was at the Great Wolf Lodge, which is a uh, water par- indoor water park hotel. <laughs> so I wasn't exactly taking very many precautions yeah. myself during the summer. Yeah, well, I think a lot of us, you know, did what was recommended. Stay in your groups, right? Mm-hmm. Stick with your, uh, they called it the, the, the quarantine crew. Yeah. So, like, people you know, of like-minded who would quarantine. That's why you were part us, of my crew. I was part of your crew. Yeah. You were part of mine, yes. So, that was really good. And it feels good to be back in the Peanut Butter Palace. I'm glad just, to have you here. You know, it w- again, just no restrictions here, per se. And, um, and you know, I think I think now going to, because, you know, we're going to go to SummerSlam, um, you know, over the weekend. And I'm going to go to Mexico a week before that. Yeah, you have a very uh, you have a very long wrestling week that Ooh, week. Yeah, a lot of danger to traverse. Right. I did buy an N95 mask. There you go. So I do have one of those for the plane rides and whatnot. For the plane ride and for the actual, you know, wrestling event. But I think when we get to now, Mexico obviously isn't as vaccinated as we are. Uh, but then the argument can be made that you know. We also have a lot of unvaccinated people here, right? So I, I think the difference, too, is here what concerns me is the, the, the disbelief in, in the virus existing, yeah. the, the politicizing of the virus. It's been extremely politicized. There's, there's a lot of things that I don't really understand about that because I've never viewed well, we, something like this getting vaccinated. Now, I will say this. But we've become two different types of people in society. We now have the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated now. Right, it's creating another and it's, it's creating another red hat green hat situation exactly. where we all need to find our groups of like-minded people and like that makes me feel like you're that much more of an idiot whether you did get vaccinated or didn't get vaccinated. Again, you mm-hmm. know, I I hate that judgment, but it does happen. Yeah. You know, I hate to say that I feel some certain way about friends of mine who didn't believe in the virus and didn't believe getting it vaccinated, getting the virus. It's, it's sad to me because it's, it's not, it's not like this gloating moment, but I do feel this sense of satisfaction that it's like, you You did good. It's well, like that, that's, that's why you get vaccinated, you know? And it's like, this is why I was trying to convince you as somebody who I care for to get it. If you're a listener of this show, if you're somebody who actually wants 
to take the time to download Neo and I having this conversation and listen to it. I care about you, and I want you to get vaccinated. I want you to be protected. I don't care who you voted for in the last election. I don't care if you watch Fox News or if you, the other podcast you listen to is Tucker Carlson. I don't know why you would do that, but if that's the case, that's you, the case. you swing in a wide variety of directions, my friend, and I appreciate your diversity, and I want you to stay protected. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think another thing is is that like the defiance in this country particularly kind of scares me about people who aren't wearing masks not wearing masks, knowing I can't trust whether or not they're vaccinated, well, that's right? The, that's People, why the argument is now if you're vaccinated, you kind of have to still forcefully wear a mask because stores aren't enforcing anything against who should and who shouldn't wear masks nowadays, mm-hmm. right? So if I go to Target, I don't have to wear a mask because I am vaccinated. However, they're also letting in unvaccinated people in, which again, again, it creates another rift. Therefore, I have to wear a mask to protect myself from unvaccinated people, you know, yeah, like it's that much of, of of a division now in society, and but but we're playing with life and death, right? Like I went to AEW Revolution, and it's kind of like what Rand said. I think about going to another show for AEW. I never once at Daly's place felt uh, worried about being there vaccinated or not. Florida as a whole, that's a completely different story. But when I was at Daly's place, it's definitely America's dick. Uh, Like, you know, with the pierced dick. It's got like a, a, you know... Prince Albert. Prince Albert job. I think that they have uh, uh, done a great job when you go to a show that's still that big with that many people. Even with all the spacing, even with having all the fans in like the upper deck section, there's still a lot of people there. They never, it and never it felt, outdoors. and it's outdoors. So it's it, kind it, of ventilated. Yeah, it, it always felt safe. It never felt like one of those situations where I would feel, you know, like any kind of way about it other than not getting to see the ring actually explode. Because, God damn it, I wanted to see that ring explode. Still hung up on that. Oh, I'll, I'll never stop. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I got a t-shirt of that event. <laughs> uh, I, but I'm, I, it's a different story when I see, like, the Miami crowd Oof. from Road Ranger because, man, yeah. they were packed in there. It was beautiful, Sardines. but then on the other on the other side of things, I want to be a part of that. I want to be there. I want to be. I want to be singing Jericho's song while they kick the crap out of some fat guy who tried to jump in the <laughs> ring. I want to do all of those things. So it's like I'm so torn. I still feel like I'm cautious, and I want to be cautious. I want to err on the side of caution. At the same time, throw I, caution to the wind. I just fucking don't care, and I want to be. You know what I mean? We're going to SummerSlam, and I have no idea what that's going to be like at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. You know, I don't. It's going to be. A, it's a giant stadium, but it's it's op- it opens. It does open, correct? right? So that's and, kind of good. And I don't. I don't. The openness doesn't bother me as much as like how many people truly are there. Mm-hmm. We were watching ticket sales, and they sold out pretty fast, or at least they got they they got to a point where there weren't a lot of tickets left fast. Sure. You don't know how many they're holding, how many, you know, are actually being sold. You have no idea if the tickets next to you are actually people or if they're going to space people out. I feel like we're past that phase. I feel like the phase of like one seat in between the party next to you and you are over. I loved those days. I'm not ready for those days to be over yet. I'm in that I'm in that group too because either like we have pods or you just check people's vaccine cards, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's one or the other. Like, people say, oh, well, you're discriminating me. Well, it's for the health and safety of everybody else. Like, that's why I feel like, you know, when they started doing, like, you know, those late-night talk shows, they said, well, you can only be here if you're vaccinated, right? And so it's kind of one of those things where if they if they enforce that, you know, will it, will it get them in hot water? I got the biggest one for you. Mm-hmm. What about the fact that you have to show a passport when you travel on an international flight? That's right. I mean, that's another. That's an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. That's a. Th- but it's a thing you have to have. You have, to have. You can't not have it. You can't even go to Mexico or Canada without it, right? Absolutely. I am in this case an unvaccinated person because I don't have my passport. So it does make me upset that I can't right. go places that I want to go without getting a passport. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get a passport. 
those are the rules, and that's what I have to follow. I'm not online bitching about passport policies or how unethical it is or how Joe Biden's really sticking it to me by making me get a passport. I'm not bitching about the airports needing me to show my passport before I get on a fucking plane. It's a passport. It's a requirement. That's the way that things are. Well, it, the, it wasn't even a requirement years ago, right? You can right. just travel wherever just the fuck go. you want. Domestically. Right. Well, uh, like it, it, in, in in that's what I'm talking about. Like in, in the U.S. in the U.S. and North America, right. you could go to Mexico. You could go to even parts of Central America and right. and um, you know Canada and everything like that. I'm so, just saying though, that's one of those things that it's very similar to me. It's an inconvenience. I don't. I I personally don't like believe in it. Like, mm-hmm. why is that any different from me getting on a plane and going to California or anything yeah. else? Right. And but I get it. And it's a rule and I have to follow it. That's the way that it and is. It's one of those things where if you get a passport, right, they do like background checks and stuff. So for everybody's safety on the plane, for everybody else's safety. That's why you have to get a passport. Exactly. Right. So they make sure that you're like, you know, you don't have like any major crimes or something that maybe prevented you from getting a passport. So it's for safety's sake. So if you could put that vaccine card in your passport book, it's just as big. I think it'd be great. You're just like, hey, there it is. I'm There's prote- that. I'm protected that. for everybody's safety and, and health. You're absolutely right. So I get it. So I think in the sense of live crowds, I feel better because I have uh, somewhat protection. Will I still wear a mask? Probably yes. Yeah. Just because, you know, you know those. Particles and droplets, they get everywhere when everybody's singing Jericho. It's really not that hard to wear it either. You know what I mean? It's not that hard to have it in your pocket and put it on in circumstances where you might not feel comfortable. You know, whatever. I don't know, man. It's definitely definitely one of those things that I think uh, I'm glad. I think it's going to help professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. I'm just a little scared still. And I think... I think everybody would be in the right to be a little bit apprehensive and try to still distance from people and stay together in your quarantine crews and all of that. See, I'm a little I'm very terrified because not only am I traveling internationally to go watch wrestling, going to this place that I have never been to, um, where you know Mexico's been doing good job about keeping up with COVID protocols like masks, hand sanitizer, temperature checks. Um, but you know, again, you just never know. People could be asymptomatic, right? So when it comes with me, I think I'm going two feet into the deep end. Yeah, you're going pretty. You're going pretty far. Yeah. But I, uh, I appreciate you being our crash test dummy, and I look forward to you bringing COVID back from Mexico and some new variant. Arriba. And giving it to all of us in Las Vegas. The Tango variant. The, it's the perfect. <laughs> it's the perfect scenario, right? Uh, Isn't it? Anyway. Uh, it's almost as good as the scenario of Big E winning Money in the Bank, which is another thing I want to talk about, too, later. Let's unpack that a little bit. You want to talk about that I, now? I really do, because okay. honestly, you and I spoke earlier that it, it just feels like Big E and Apollo have been put into this fight forever field equivalent to Sammy and KO. Which is something that a lot of guys right now in SmackDown have, with mm-hmm. the exception of the way that they've kind of had Roman move from competitor yeah. to competitor, just right. so that he could have that lineage now that heritage of people he beat you know he has that resume and he was listing them off before edge came out and you know put it to him with a spear sure but yeah that's pretty much what they've kind of been stuck to i don't mind it at times i think smackdown does have a good job does do a good job of storytelling better than raw much better than raw even when it comes to these repetitive feuds i just still don't think that they're as good as nxt with the way that NXT takes a feud, like let's say Cameron Grimes and LA Knight, and finds a way to actually make it into mm-hmm. something each night without having to have them have a fight. You know what I mean? Or a tag team match, or a match where guys they know are fighting so that they can be and, ringside. And, and they so can far, be... they've only had two matches the actual ladder match for the million dollar title, and then now, unfortunately, Grimes lost to LA Knight more recently, so now he has to become his butler. And what a great storyline that is. Keep it going. Is. Let's just keep it going. It's the exact opposite of this, but it's a similar thing, right? NXT has limited guys, and sometimes when they get these guys into feuds, it's going to be a long-term mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, I, and they're not putting in, like, NXT roster week in, like, week by week by week. I think they alternate them, yeah, right? Yeah, So, like, some people are on, some people are off. Like, we haven't really seen Frankie Monet back on. Right, that helps, or, definitely. Or Zia Lee right. back on. So it's kind of like it alternates. So, again... 
NXT does a good job. NXT is everything that, like, Raw and everything used to be. I still feel that. Right. Because they have this mix of top-tier talent with young guys. Yeah. They always have people debuting. They always have excited, exciting stuff happen. Well, and they guys put these, are, they, they're putting in, like, the breakout tournament. Again, yes. to give people a break. Yeah. Like, let's take the eyes off of all of these NXT, of the current NXT yeah. roster, and let's focus on something else. Right. Once that's done... We'll bring them back we'll in. We'll bring them back out. Right. It's just a way it, to keep guys palate, fresh. Yeah. It's a palate cleanser. Yeah. Now, I will uh, agree with you that the Apollo Big E feud has just, it's its grown roots that I don't want as far as it being too long, too lengthy. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing there, though, is is it really, we, we talked about this. I, I The question I would put out there is, what was Apollo Crews before this? Smile, man. Exactly. So, I mean, I think the purpose of this feud to establish pa- Apollo has been the key. I do like the mix of the Sammy, Zayn, and, and Kevin, you know, feud into this. I like the the way that it's revolved at times around the Intercontinental Championship, and they've had their ways of switching it up. But the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theories. Uh, I, I, I think, though, though, when I look at the overall way that this could play out, I know that WWE is very impatient. You can see that based on what's going on with Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Dewdrop. Both you and I were very frustrated with how quickly they moved into an insubordinate relationship between her and her new lackey yeah. uh, one week after they were introduced. It's just ref- a refusal to give things time to like simmer. You know, they're yeah. they're that person that needs to keep opening the grill instead of just letting the meat cook. Just let the meat cook for a little while. Trust your gut. Put a mm-hmm. put a timer in there. Look at it on your phone for the for the thermometer, and you know, call it a day. Don't 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 keep checking the meat. Yeah, they're just breaking it apart. Like like if 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 it was something simple as like let's build them up and then make them fall from grace. Like I could have been even happier with something like that, right? Well, like Dewdrop, for instance, got very disenchanted with Eva Marie Fast, and if she's going to be kind of like this fangirl of her, that needed to be established for a longer period of time. But than there's nothing one week even that happening. But know? there's nothing that has been there's nothing that has been told by Dewdrop as oh, to why right right she's even there why she's even anything to do with Eva Marie in the first place. They they didn't even establish a character story. You know, before they had it moving on to disintegrating the relationship. Why would I care about this relationship disintegrating if I don't even know why it's here? I cared about dumb shit before. I cared about James Ellsworth's relationship with Carmella because they put the time into it and made it into a thing. You know, and that's like an absolutely terrible chinless man and his love affair with the most beautiful woman in WWE. Right? Indeed. Lana's gone now, so I can say that. Uh, But I I will say that my thought process with Big E is that Big E uh, needs to rejoin the New Day. And I'm not saying that from my need. I think he's been doing actually a great job on his own. I think that they've moved him on well from the New Day. I just think the WWE is impatient. That same impatience that we're talking about with Eva Marie and Dewdrop. I think that they want to get them back together. And right now, the perfect scenario for that is to have Woods out, to decimate him, to decimate Kofi, to put Kofi in a position where he's by himself and outnumbered, mm-hmm. either at Money in the Bank or after it. And Biggie wins the Money in the Bank. He brings the briefcase over. It allows him to go after whatever champion he wants, so he can go after uh Lashley, Lashley and that solves the whole problem of Big E being on yeah. a different show. Cuz let's unpack that. Why was Big E separated from the New Day, right? He I, I think it's to give him that individual push, right? right. To, like, to break him out from being just kind of their almost Roman Reigns mm-hmm. if you will for the Shield. Like that's kind of what he's their heavy, yeah. but he's also the back guy, you know. Yeah. And he was given or he's earned the Intercontinental title. But that's all we got out of it. He got a title, but it's been flip-flopped around, and now they're just kind of in this fight forever mode. So there's nothing really for me to bite on to to, to really like solidify the fact that that's why Big E left the New Day, right? So there's there's like was it worth it for Big E to leave the New Day? That's the question. Yeah. What, what do you think? I, I think it was from the perspective to show all of us that he could stand on his own. But I also think that WWE probably 
regretted it. Yeah, and because I don't think it was worth it for Biggie to leave the New Day. Uh, well, I, I again, I think he did a good job on his own. So I mean, that's the that's the thing. It should he worked me. with the hand that he was dealt, right? And but, I but, mean, it, but that's kind of where it stems from. You did the best with what they gave you, so it wasn't worth it. He doesn't feel like he wants to do it alone, though. You know what I mean? He he he's adapted his character and the way that he became lovable to. You know, his thing. But that's why I think the canceled feud with Aleister Black would have been so important for Biggie, Right? There because at the time, Aleister Black was being rebranded to this new dark character. And he was making his debut by... He made his debut by coming out and kicking Biggie in the face. Yeah. That would Eye have, patch and everything. Eye patch and everything. And that would have been the feud, I feel like, that turned Big E... From this kind of cartoon characterish guy that everybody finds to be lovable, into that yeah. next evolution of Biggie as a character, yeah. well, that ne- because he could have lost that feud, still looked good, but lost it because of Black's ferocity or Black's, well, you know. And, and I think it would have uh, shed a different light on Biggie in the sense where, like, kind of what you said before, we've grown to love Biggie as this lovable, happy-go-lucky character. And all of a sudden, maybe a, a switch is flipped within him, and then he just becomes this, this like honorable warrior that has to like vanquish the the dark with his light. You, sure. know, you know what I mean? Or, or it could have even been in the other, uh, in a, in a different direction where Alistair Black convinces him that he you have to be ah. you can't be honorable all the time. You have to go to that dark side in order to be a champion, in order, order to achieve yeah. that next level. And that's why he doesn't beat Black. But then when he comes back after maybe. You know, being out for a month or two or just disappearing for a little bit comes back as a new, mm-hmm. you know, hardened, like, you know, focused Big E that, that's using that dark side a bit to his advantage. Who wouldn't want to see Big E in a ripped up hoodie or a ripped up sleeveless hoodie and like just whipping people's asses? I don't, I, I'm on board 100% like, for that. Like real, real, like just fighter style. That'd be pretty dope. Well, speaking of this aforementioned Alistair Black, uh, we saw him Tammy make, Ann. make his big old debut in AEW this week at someone, Road Rager. Someone fumbled that one. They fumbled that one a little bit, didn't fumbled they? Fumbled it. Yeah? The bag, the bag got fumbled? It got fumbled. Uh, if you, if you uh, paid attention to the news, apparently um, full-time talent like Alistair normally get a 90-day uh, non-compete. That's what I've heard. A ninety-day. That's roughly three months. Yeah, this but was not three months. It was not. Twas not. Twas not. <laughs> so somebody apparently forgot to update his clause, and yeah, he came back right after thirty days. And oddly enough, you know his his lady is in uh, back in WWE in the Money in the Bank picture, and he made it to AEW. Um, Quite the reversal of, of yeah. situations how there. The turn tables how have the turntables have turned. Uh, Best storytelling in professional wrestling. Talk about it. Tommy Ann losing his fucking eye to Seth Rollins. Yep. Right? Has to wear an eye patch. Has to wear an eye patch. Shows up in AEW. Black all around that side of his face. Fucking contact in. That is long-term storytelling, my friend. I have never seen somebody... Take not only a storyline feature like that, not only a character feature like that, but a dumb storyline character feature like the entire fiasco that was the summer of stealing each other's eyes (laughs) between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Remember the goo stuff? Yes! The cream of weed on the mats? Come on! It's absurd, but he's making it work. Uh, Speaking of fumbling the bag, though, I will say that the one thing I did not like about his debut on AEW was whatever the hell they were doing with his name on commentary. Uh, that's that's a JR fumble in my it opinion. It was a really bad situation yeah. because they went around from calling him Tommy End to magically just knowing his new name is Malachi Black. Well, it was Excalibur, right, who said... Um, I've wrestled that guy 15 years ago in Dugendorf. Of course. And, like, and of course, it's, it's Excalibur right? that knew how to handle it and, in the situation. And we were first. getting there. Yeah. And then Jared yeah. goes, ah, whatever the hell, they're going to call him Tommy in. And then Excalibur goes, ah, 
and he has to kind of make up for it. Well, you know? they he called him Tommy Ann too, though. There was two in the, there in was, the beginning. Yeah, there was two labelings of, of him as Tommy Ann. I guess my point is just leave it at that. Who cares? The crowd was chanting, chanting Tommy. You guys called him Tommy End. Mm-hmm. We all knew him on the indies as Tommy End. You're not acknowledging WWE in any way except for that awesome black eye thing that he right. was sporting. But there was a vignette that was put out on his social media. Is this after that or before, before that? Before that. Okay. And it it uh, it actually explained where Malachi Black came from. Okay, it's really cool. If you check it out, yeah, look look for that. It's really cool. I'll show you after this. Well, and I don't dis I don't dislike the name. I just think that it was uh, it's it's a lack of consistency. Yeah, I, I always hate I always hate when the announcers know some shit. I always hate when the announcers say, "Oh, I know who that is. You guys know who that is. <laughs> you know who it is." Like I hate that shit. I hate it. I can't stand it. I think it's one of the worst tropes that commentators do. If you just sat there and just said, who, like, handle it like you'd fucking handle somebody showing up, unless they're super famous, handle it like you'd handle just somebody you didn't know showing up. Yeah. You know, just handle it like that every time. Let, let, because there is going to be a decent amount of the viewing audience. Maybe there's a bunch of AEW fans that don't watch WWE. Maybe they have no idea who Tommy Ender Alistair Black fucking well, is. He's, you been know off, I mean? he's been off TV for so long. Yeah, for 30 whole days. It's been 30 whole days that he's been off TV. And before that, he's, right? He was yeah. kicking Biggie in the face. Don't oh. give me any shit. Yeah, that they, one time. Remember all the animation they invested into him in WWE <laughs> telling those yeah. stories about his father, his dark father? I think that that's one thing that's cool, though, is. He seems to really like the character that they fleshed out. He had ideas for it. He, he had so, I know, on Xena's, on, 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 on her, um... On her Twitch. On her Twitch, he right? He had tons of ideas, and he was... Zelina. And he, he would go, <laughs> he would go to the office all the time and just pitch ideas, pitch ideas and stuff, and I, I, I think, I have enough confidence to believe him, because it sounds like he's a very great storyteller. Yeah, no, I do too. I don't think that by any stretch of the... Well, I think a lot of these guys have a great idea for their story and, and their character. They, they, yeah. You know, I think that's the difference of what you see in, That's why Nikki Cross is almost a superhero. Right, of course. <laughs> Obviously. No, I just mean uh, in AEW, I think that there's a big difference in focusing what the guys want to do versus WWE controlling what they want to do. Now, yeah. I am still a big WWE guy, and I have been on record for saying at times that I think that uh, AEW fans just drive me insane sometimes because they are the consummate everything my thing does is good and everything the other thing Sorry does. to inconvenience you, you with know. my friendship. Yeah, whatever. You fucking... You're, you're constantly an AEW apologist and that's how I feel like a lot of the fans are. And I would call myself a fan of AEW. I think, much like what you said while we were watching wrestling earlier, I enjoy AEW's product much more than WWE. I think I labor through watching WWE. I think I get more excited to watch AEW. AEW, more often than not, makes me regret not watching it live because something cool happened that I heard about before I had a chance to see it. Whereas WWE, that doesn't really happen that often. I could go three weeks without watching Raw, never hear a thing about it, go back and watch those three weeks of Raw and realize I missed nothing. I saw that two weeks ago. Except, you know, basically uh, Riddle running around going, Randy, you know, a whole bunch. Yeah. So Naomi and Asuka, like, trying to claw their way through the tag team division. There's just a lot that of That women's weird, division in general. There's a lot of bad, weird things going poor. on. We still don't know what's up with Keith Lee. Uh, he posted an Instagram message about his... Uh, basically his uh, entire reign as both NXT and North American champion happening one year ago, I believe it was today. Mm -hmm. And he still has to add some bit to it that's like, I'm fine, guys. It's okay. I promise everything's okay. We just got to put on a brave face. I just don't believe you anymore. That's all. I'm just worried. Uh, Speaking of announcers, I wanted to give a really quick shout-out to both Jimmy Smith and Pat McAfee because I think they've both been doing a great job. But Jimmy Smith, for kind of coming out of nowhere, considering that Adnan Verk situation and how short that lasted, it just goes to show how much better a fit someone else can be. This is no knock to Verk, but Jimmy Smith has just fit right in on the Raw announcing team, and I don't even notice he's there. It's not like he impacts it in a negative way. He doesn't right. screw things up. He makes some great calls. He's just a straight, like, he's, he's 
a good sports commentator. He's obviously knowledgeable with the product. I haven't had him fumble too much. Uh, meanwhile, Pat McAfee, he's just the perfect, you know. He's uh, he's a good color guy. Or, he's yeah. a good color guy. Yeah. I like his I like his enthusiasm about being a fan. He talks a lot about like when he was watching shows as a fan or when he goes to shows as a fan. I feel like his input, besides being snarky to Michael Cole's kind of you know yeah. playing it straight, I feel like his is position as the fans commentator is a good one uh, but yeah I think that they finally found some good commentators to to roll forward with by the way it's obvious to everybody else that the whole RK bro storyline is just to establish canonical backstory yeah and they're really Randy shoving it down Riddle, right that's yeah that's all this has to be like this can't really be that they want Randy Orton to be Matt Riddle's mentor yeah. can it it's it's kind of weird because and and, and that's why it begs the question. Well, why has Randy Orton been off TV for so long? Why has why has Matt Riddle been you know, yeah. kind of taking the reins on this? It's a weird thing. Like he's literally he wasn't even on Raw this week, I think. <laughs> but Matt Riddle was there defending or going for his opportunity to be in the Money in the Bank match. Yeah, one one thing in the back of my mind is telling me. Maybe Randy just doesn't like this storyline and just doesn't want to show up. I, I don't know. That was in the back of my mind. I mean... It's I, not true, obviously, but... I feel like at times he's getting a kick out of it because it's something different. They have had Randy Orton play the same character back and forth for like the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, at least from the perspective of... I, I feel like he cracks up after he holds a face... You know, without laughing at Riddle for so long. Because you can't have that dude that close to you being like, you know, saying some of the shit he says and not have it make you laugh, you know? I, I You make a good point, though. He might not be enjoying it or it might not be the direction he wants to be in. Yeah. I just, I feel like Tom, like, like he's in the Tom Brady years of his career where he's won it all and he kind of doesn't care anymore. He still wants to, like, go out there and be a wrestler, but I don't... It's, Randy just doesn't strike me as the kind of person that like cares that he's not fighting for the world championship yeah. or in the main event picture all the time anymore because he's done that so often. Yeah, that makes you know. sense. I don't know. Uh, but back to the New Day. I wanted to bring up a uh, recent special that they had in which, or a countdown in which they named the greatest tag teams in WWE and lo and behold... Number one was the New Day. Is. And Is. W- and will be. And will be forever. Yeah. For the, the WWE. end of time. The New Day. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of debate on that. What did you think about the New Day being named the greatest tag team? I think when it comes to WWE, it makes lots of sense with the, the lineage that they have. And just honestly, they, they made tag team wrestling... Um, you know, together with the Usos and even the Bludgeons, like something great to watch. You know, um, whenever they they wrestled for the tag team titles, it was always great. You know, um, their their antics, their characters, their their skits, their everything that they they that they probably done has never been a disappointment. You know, that's valid. You that's know? valid. And I think that they came up with this character on their own. In a way that that was well, met with resistance, they were given, right? The whole like, because Vince said like, "Oh, we're gonna, you know, I think gospels for you guys, yeah, right?" Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, they were preaching the power of positivity, and they had to spin it, you know, to make it their own. And they pivoted That's nicely them, because yeah. when I, I still I, when you say that, I still think of those vignettes of them with the with the church choir, with the church choir singing mm-hmm. the New Day song, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But they they've come a long way, and yeah, I, I think the New Day definitely have cemented themselves as one of the one of the greatest tag teams. Because who else who else can like hold a hold a a flame to them? Who was number two? I don't or, remember or number at this three. Point. I know the top five was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I know one of the names that was left off the list that bothered a lot of people was the Legion of Doom. But I think a lot of people there are well. I think because Legion putting of in Doom, their collective body of work versus yeah. their time in WWE for Doom, WWE, they were like you know uh, WCW. I think they also did like NWA, then they did Japan, and then they did WWF at the tail end of their career. So, you know, 
plus there's a lot of things there I think that to be honest are um I don't know. I guess you would say problematic about Maybe Legion you don't of Doom. want them on a list. Maybe. Because uh, you don't want to Google Legion of Doom. <laughs> I think remember uh Triple H kind of said it why China wasn't in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't want his little girl to Google China, WWE, and see that she's done like a shit ton of porn. Well, uh, he shouldn't have them use Google, Google. <laughs> at all. Uh, and also, don't Google Triple H and Stephanie McMahon because you might see that time where they had a drive through wedding um, ah. in Las Vegas, Yeah, which me and Neil might do when we go to Las Vegas for SummerSlam. But, hey, yo. Uh, fun fact, you were conceived that night, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, I, I, I don't know. Going back to, I think, everything that's going on, I'm just excited for live wrestling to come back. Yeah. I think it's going to impact the storylines a ton. Well, and we just saw it in Miami, like, how much, like, the crowd reaction was when Omega did their, when Omega did his segment with Hangman and Jericho did his segment with MJF. It was The incredible. crowd was a great feeder. Mostly, going back to what you said there, the Omega... Uh, hangman situation. Hangman Adam Page has been the best, besides maybe Orange Cassidy, he has had the best progression as far as development of a character and making me get behind somebody and care about somebody that I honestly never saw the point of, I never saw what people saw in him. What about, like, Darby Allen? Do you also think, like, Darby Allen? I guess, yeah, Darby Allen would be another one of those guys. There's a select few of guys that I feel like these are the kind of stories that we talk about WWE fumbling. Mm -hmm. These are the kind of characters that we say, man, if you just put the time into this guy... Let it it sizzle. ...be the thing. Yeah, stop, stop opening the grill... Let it marinate for a while like they did with Hangman Adam Page. He wasn't winning championships. He wasn't doing shit. You know, he was kind of... He was kicking ass. He was kicking ass, but he was, like, broken up and 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 distraught over what happened between him and his friends. Mm-hmm. His friends all got in fights. His friends all don't like each other. Now his friends are all being assholes, and he doesn't like those guys anymore because his friends have kind of turned into fucking pricks. And, you know what I mean? Like... It's like your friends that get money and just change, and you're like, <laughs> fuck, I don't like yeah. you anymore, you know? Like, that's what Adam Page is, but it was just such a well-told story of his likability through his rivalries, through his uh, relationship with the Dark Order, his, you know, obviously his drinking, definitely, that's an old trope that makes guys get over with me personally instantly, mm-hmm. you know? It's the connection to me and them and... Like, it was overused there for too long, but it's really the thing that just... It's the thing that made me start watching Stone Cold Steve Austin in the WWF. It wasn't his wrestling. It wasn't his stunner. It wasn't how <laughs> nice his leather jacket was. It was his relationship with his boss and his fucking alcoholism. Those are the two things that I could relate to, even as a teenager in 1997, okay? So, these are things that I like about Adam Page, but I will say I never liked him prior to what AEW has done. With him. Yeah, I always, never liked him. Always a great wrestler, but he was a very vanilla character. I couldn't even see the wrestler part. I didn't even know why the elite hung out with him. I didn't know why he was part of their crew in the New Japan, in Ring of Honor, really? any of it, none of it. I like none him. of it. No, none good. of it. I didn't. I remember <laughs> booing the shit out of him when we went to that show in Lakeland in Florida. Ah. I have never liked Adam Page until I got to see him regularly and got to see his character develop, and I just got it. First of all, his name was Adam Page. Like I immediately was like. Fuck you, Adam Cole, baby. That's <laughs> that's the only Adam that I will worship. That's the only Adam I acknowledge. That's the only Adam I acknowledge. Rest in peace, Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to Adam Coleman. I can't wait <laughs> to see you on the indies, by the way. <laughs> I can't wait for Adam Coleman to hit the indies. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's Tyler Breeze's uh, independent wrestling name going forward. Uh, a Breeze would be nice about now. Yeah, yeah, it would. I will say that... I love what they've done 
with those guys, though, going back to AEW yeah. and their development. The Dark Order is badass. The Dark Order is amazing. I mean, it's still like, it's still a group you can do a lot with, mm-hmm. and they're still really versatile. You know what I mean? Like, as an idea, as a concept from what they originally were, it's mm-hmm. still possible. Just get another dark leader in there. Maybe Malachi Black could be the guy that now takes it from it's possible from you know someone like Adam Page. I don't know. I floated this out there on Twitter that when I saw Malachi Black debut on AEW, every time I've always seen him, like I've always thought like he has like this, like he exuded like this non-governable spirit, which makes me think like he could be part of Los Ingobernables. Oh yeah, you know, and take that shit worldly, like even more worldwide, you know. Well, and to compare that, we saw Andrade Idolo, El Idolo mm-hmm. have his match on uh, Road Rager, and yeah, holy Lido. shit, man, it was something to behold. God, he looks cool. He looks cool. The black fucking skull mask yeah. thing he's wearing, and the, the suit the and everything. Suit, yeah. He needs to get out of that suit a little bit faster, but once he figures that you part out... You know what? I, I disagree. No, I, see, okay, no, no, no. No, I know what you're going to say. You like the slow approach of him I like, love it, ripping dude. it off. Well, not even that. I, I just want him to take off a real suit like Nido does. That's just where wear I wear the suit. From. Unbutton the shirt. That's take off the jacket. Take off the shirt. Take all the goddamn time in the world. I know yeah. that there's a billion wrestlers on the roster now, but... That's fine. We want to see you. He can relax. Everybody. Yeah, he, he can, can tranquilo. He yeah. can tranquilo. So, like, you know, if you want him to speed it up, nah, I wanted him to go to full I want him suit, to go slower. Take off all the buttons, take off all the suit, all right. kick ass. I like it. Maybe have tearaway pants. Maybe. I don't know. Like, But then you know, that's kind of a callback to Angel Garza. Yeah. Maybe not. It's a bit much. The uh, Adam Page segment, though, the crowd's reaction just made me once again. Oh, man, they love him. Just miss being a part of that. And miss that voice, that factor. You can't do that in front of video screens or in front of 500 people and have it make an impact. You just can't. It's so much different to be playing that shtick with Don Callis and Kenny Omega being like, we beat everybody. Like, I almost feel like they were mocking... Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns from the previous SmackDown because they did the same shtick on SmackDown yeah, a week kind earlier. Of sort of, yeah. You know, and talking about it was the, the same old like, oh, we beat everybody. There's no one left to beat, and then here comes Adam Page. But prior to that, you had the crowd, you know, going off with a cowboy shit chant, and then just busting out into a hangman chant. It was beautiful. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I miss crowds, and I can't wait to be back out there with them, masked, masked. cautiously optimistic. Yeah. But cautious nonetheless. Uh, what do you think, though, overall? I mean, one thing that you brought up once again was the watchability of wrestling and WWE versus AEW. And we had a video interview this week with Buddy Murphy, at least formerly known as Buddy Murphy from WWE, who said that he never could watch the product when he was the on WWE. It. The WWE couldn't watch the show. And, like, I understand that. I am not a fan of myself, so I do not listen to this podcast either. Much like many of the people uh, in our review section on on Apple Podcasts. Let's Uh, prove Derek wrong. Leave a review. Yeah. Tell me how bad I am, like all of Billy's friends did for, like, six fucking straight months. But, no, I think that I get it. I just find it to be kind of interesting as a professional wrestler, I feel like you can gain a lot from viewing other matches, from viewing people that have more experience than you. Well, it's not, and it's not even like he could watch his matches just be like, let me take notes on my match, right? He, he couldn't even, he probably didn't even want to do it from that perspective. He's just like, no, it was just a, this whole thing is shit, I don't even want to watch it. Like, do you feel like he just became disenchanted, kind of like how EC3 was? Yeah, I think so. I think that, again, going back to what we said... Uh, nobody wants to be controlled. Some people, I guess, are okay with it. Some people might not view it as that. You have the opinion of a lot of people that have worked for WWE say, no one's holding your head to a gun, or a gun to your head, to work here. No one's making you be a WWE wrestler. Right. So from that perspective, everybody's there by choice. I think... Because, again, there's a disenchantment there. Like, it's the big time. Well, I think it's unfair to say that, right? It's people living their dreams. It's people doing the things they've always wanted to do with their lives. And for a while there, especially when you're new to it, then you notice really quickly that 
you could might you you would just kind of get used to that being the way things are. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to work for Ring of Honor and Impact and AEW and WWE, you have no way to compare the different working environments to each other to know whether one's better or worse. You just know when you work for WWE that you're at the top of the mountain, right? You're at the pinnacle, pun intended, of professional wrestling. And you are living your dreams fully. You got an action figure coming. Uh, you, you well, got and again, it's all merch. Per- but it's all perspective now because... You can get an action figure working at another company. You can sell your merch at another exactly. company at this point. The ratings are just as, if somewhat even better than, the other company. Here's the thing, though. Ten years ago, that wasn't, wasn't the like case. That, that wasn't the not. case. There know? were no options at all. And definitely, even, I remember, I remember how kitsch it was when, remember when Ring of Honor started going action toys company to do bad action figures of their wrestlers, and it was like so cool that somebody else in professional wrestling was finally making action figures well, besides just WWE. And that's what I was going to say, like you can even make the argument that there was no options for wrestling, even, you know, you can even make the argument maybe even six years ago, five, even, yeah. you know, because yeah. it was just tough. You know, you had ROH. That's when we were all really big into New Japan because we were looking for some form of alternative. Yeah. We were looking for something else we could watch that gave us that feeling of watching wrestling in a different way. You know, I think that one of the biggest comparisons is uh, comparing WWE to indie wrestling and how different indie wrestling is. Mm -hmm. Indie wrestling is this wonderful variety show where everybody's in control of who they are as a character and what they are. You know, you might have the promotion telling them to have certain actions or say certain things, but for the most part, well, they're co- still fully in control. As a commissioner, you know like there's a certain flow of how things should run. But exactly. It, but it's not like you have... Whole- you have no control over what yeah. those guys are going to do. The only thing you can do, uh, speaking from an assistant commissioner perspective, is I cannot have you back, right? I'm not hiring or firing any of these guys. I'm, I'm calling them up on the phone. I'm DMing them and saying, hey, you want? what's your rate? Can I come get you for a match here? And when that person comes in, they're bringing all of their own stuff with them. Gear, injuries, storylines, anything else they want to tell, they're bringing it in. And they can continue telling it for all I give a Mm -hmm. shit. All I want is a good match and to please the crowd. And I want them to buy tickets to the next show at the end of the day. I don't care about controlling these guys. The only thing I care about is them cursing. Because Navajo Warrior will have my fucking ass if I let anybody curse in front of the fucking kids. No, he won't have it. No, he, he, he won't have me back is what it is. No, he'll take his, uh, he'll take his strap and, and strap that. That dude has threatened my life more times in one show than I can admit. He would make you go cut the switch. I'm kind of, yeah, he absolutely <laughs> would. And I'd pick the thin one. I'd make that mistake, and he'd whip my fucking ass with it. Shout out to IZW. If you're, if you're a local in the area, look up uh, IZW Wrestling. Buy some tickets. I think they just put out some more VIP packages as well. That's right. It's Grand Prix. You can join us on August 28th. I will be there. Hopefully, I'll be COVID-free. I don't know. I'll be in Las Vegas the weekend before, so I can't make any guarantees with Neo bringing back the Tango variant from Mexico. Adia. But it's what it is. It is what it is. I promise to stay six feet away from you, and I promise that if you come to this show, eventually, I'm going to get to do Excalibur's introduction from PWG. There you go. Because at IZW, every month is Black History Month. Every month is Women's History Month, and every month is Black Women's History Month. Because every week is Shark Week, (laughs) and every day is Earth Day, because we recycle! That's what I'm bringing to IZW, eventually. And then, uh, speaking of, Mystery Vortex being announced on Twitter, man. uh, They are back, baby. When it comes to, again, live pro wrestling, uh, pro wrestling gorillas throwing their hat in the game. I will say that I can't wait to get back to the globe. I can't wait to see the Battle of Los Angeles tournament take place. Mm-hmm. And I hopefully will uh, be there. I don't think it's going to happen next this year. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, things are happening. And I'll say that if there's a, a promotion that you could call mysterious, it's PWG. Somebody that can go dark for six months and pop up all of a sudden with a show announcement and somehow be the talk of the wrestling world again. I think that PWG is still beloved, and WWE needs to get their talent 
from somewhere. So PWG needs to come back so that WWE can the come real in. real performance center. It's the real performance center, let's be honest. By the way, shout out to the Rascals slash MSK, who are both tag team champions for PWG and NXT currently. I love them, and uh, I think that they're going to be defending their belts at the show. They I might even so. drop them. We'll see what happens. Oh, man, yeah. That's, well, that's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. It's probably a requirement, but who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. The one beautiful part to remember about PWG is that it's a not a televised program. So if WWE can learn to be cool and let their talent do things the same way that, that but you can't AEW buy is... They don't, don't. They can. They just. You can't have the songs on okay. the DVDs. Okay. There's no songs on the DVDs. That's all. Okay. Uh, let's do winners of the week, shall we? I know this is a short episode, but without Beak, I don't feel whole, and I don't feel like we should carry on any longer. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you hmm. for your winner of the week. Um. Ultimately, I feel like my winner of the week is definitely uh, Andrade. He's had a. Uh, you know, there's two sides of the coin. He had a kind of like a lackluster debuting a couple weeks ago, but he's building forward momentum. You know, now that he has a win against Seidel, I'm just excited to see him in um, Triple Mania coming up in you know next month. So yeah, like my chips are all in for Andrade. He can, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to have great momentum and hopefully. There's uh, a little bit, some sort of story in AEW to kind of build up this match that they're going to have in AAA, because they've already started the 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 vignettes, in you know for AAA. I was I'm hoping to see something from AEW to to talk about that as well. So yeah. Well, I'll take the other side of that coin and say uh, Tommy N slash Malachi Black is my winner of the week True. Uh, for getting one over on WWE with his 30-day clause situation. Mm-hmm. I will give him a shout-out for staying respectful to his former employer and keeping that door open you know, for whatever might happen down the road. But most importantly, I'm excited for his future. Go- along with Andrade, these two are two of the most talented wrestlers right now that WWE could have let go. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are mistakes, right? I don't think Braun necessarily was a mistake to let go. I think it was kind of silly with all of the time they invested in him. I think they invested more in Braun than they did in Andrade uh, oh, or, or Aleister Black, and I think both of those guys were more capable of being mm-hmm. a main eventer than Braun was. So I don't think that they necessarily dropped the ball with Braun as much as it seems like Braun... Might have had a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. By the way, Braun also used to use a rattlesnake as a condom to Braun Strowman. To Braun Strowman. Now, I will say that Aleister Black and uh, El Idolo are kind of, they're the same class of person for me. Where I just saw them elevate themselves in WWE and show that they were capable of being there. Their releases made no sense to me, either one of them, right? I think WWE is kind of running things like a baseball team where they have seen at times how much money certain players have cost them, and they realize that having a superstar that you pay $30 million a year to that hits 260 isn't really worth it when you can have a guy that you pay $500,000 to a year that hits 250, right? Whoever is going to be in WWE is going to be a star, and WWE can continue to churn those people out. I think that they're at a point where if they see someone as being a problem, as not listening, as being insubordinate, that they make really quick decisions on which way to go. Yeah. Uh, I think that people get frustrated fast, and yeah, they don't it, stick around long enough sometimes, and rightfully so. It goes back to the whole being controlled thing, though. Right, it really is. what you said. It really is, and I think it's really about, like, my window sometimes is small. I'm, I'm an older guy. It would be like me being there now at 40. I don't have 20 years to maybe see if WWE makes me into a main eventer. Mm-hmm. I'm in my late 30s, dude. I got like five years max before I'm going to have knees and back problems and shit on a daily that I won't be able to perform at this level that I can perform right now. So now is my time. Not then. Not after you make me have hardcore matches with Humberto Carrillo for you know, seven quarantine episodes of Raw straight or whatever the hell, right? Yeah. Um, But I think that Black is going to absolutely soar. I've always thought, going back to the PWG years when we saw him there, 
I always thought this guy was a mega superstar. I always thought he was something completely unique and different, which is so hard in professional wrestling, you know. Um, and I just I saw that star fact. I mean, he just had it. He had it. I don't know what it is, but he had it in spades. Plus, he gets to be with Andy now. You know, him and Andy <laughs> are friends. So that's cool. Yeah. So I'm happy for him. But definitely my winner of the week because I think that, uh, like, just just showing up with that with, with the same eye thing. Yeah, the, keeping the continuity. The, the keeping the continuity of the eye thing just shows me mm-hmm. how much this guy is not only dedicated to professional wrestling, but how much he loves this shit, you okay. know? Well, one last thought because of that. Um, you know, we hear it all the time, even, like, in our chat, about how AEW, again, is just taking in these w, ex-WWE employees. The fact that they added these two... Does that bother you, or do you do you feel like that argument is, argument is still valid now that they've introduced uh, Andrade and Alistair? Not at all. Not at all. It's about, for me, it's about AEW getting better. It doesn't mm. bother me that they acquired people. It's that I don't think that they should just be picking up WWE scraps constantly. You know who bothered me? Matt Cardona bothered me. That was someone who I was basically like, you guys are better than this. You know, no offense to Zack Ryder, but he does not move the needle for me, and he never has ever since he decided to back out on the storyline where he threw the internet championship away and was going to do something different and then never fucking went through with anything. Yeah, I remember that shit, and stuff like that can make me lose steam in you completely as, like, a fan and somebody that mm-hmm. I'm behind. I think there's certain guys that are older, like when they start announcing Big Show and Christian Cage and, you know, Mark Henry in a row as, like, big names that they've acquired when you know those guys aren't going to really wrestle except probably, you know, rare instances where they let them go out there and get in some sort of short-term feud or something. But for the most part, they're there to share their experience and help the new crop of stars grow they understand that we understand that none of the hirings that they had really moved the needle with me outside of Miro Miro is another guy that I put in the same category as these two these are elite main event performers that WWE basically grew I mean don't get me wrong they were all doing their own things Miro more than the other two was somebody that WWE developed and made into what he is but the other two guys really honed being television characters in WWE and, and, you know, Andrade's case being on American television and doing things like that. Like there's just things that these guys got refined and got better at as being part of WWE. WWE once again is Batman out here creating their own supervillains that are only going to come back to bite them when they have, you know, when they become megastars and people say like, how stupid were you to let them go? You can't keep everybody. And I think WWE's philosophy, the baseball thing, is like, hey, if we keep letting people go, then nobody's really special if they were here. Yeah. You know, it's like we'll flood the market with all this talent that we gobbled up during our yeah, indie they, wrestling gobbling up phase. Hit them in the ass. And we'll just, you know, see if any of these guys like become special because since we let them all go in this in these huge groups over the, you know, the last year, you know, oh, and oh, oh, and we'll pepper in little things like the the Spud Rockstar Spud storyline, and you know, we'll bring Samoa Joe back because Triple H got pissed that somebody let him go without telling him, and like twelve hours later, he's on a phone with Samoa Joe bringing him back. You know, there's yeah. there's things like that that happen. I feel like if Triple H was calling anybody, it should have been fucking Alistair Black. That's who he should have been calling. Absolutely. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Shout out again to our Uncle Beak. Uh, we love you. Shout out to Bronx. We will miss you forever. Uh, can't say enough about how much I am heartbroken over our friend's loss. So our thoughts are with you, buddy. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 445. You can get us all on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Neo is at the Neo X with an E-C-K-S at the end. Uh, Beak, if you want to send them condolences or, you know, cash app them uh, some money for, for some beers, uh, that's to James Vanderbeek, and that's J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. Uh, all those on Twitter, but of course, all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. You can send us an email to podcast at thesteelcage.com or check out our store at thesteelcageshop.com. Uh, again, another shout out to a, a friend of mine, Scott, who was uh, having brain 
tumor surgery this week, uh, and my man was wearing my shirt, the the assistant to the champion shirt. I was I was f- flabbergasted by it. I was gobstopped. I was furiously happy for him. <laughs> I was so, but I, I I just want him to know that he's in my thoughts, and and I love all these guys. I love you guys for listening to us. I thank you so much again. Uh, for listening to episode 445 and everything we've done here on the podcast uh, network. Also, check out Beak's uh, store. That is at pentagonzo.com. Please buy a shirt. Do whatever you can to support him uh, as well as the podcast. Well, we do have the Patreon, and we will be back with those as well. We've been having fun getting high and watching old episodes of wrestling. Uh, wrestling Society X has been our wrestling of choice during these watch-alongs. So please sh- sign up for the Patreon and get in on that. Uh, We thank you guys so much. And remember, kids, the capital of Thailand is Bangkok. Ow! (laughs) Bangkok, baby!